0: Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and markets continue to focus on the equity sell off and trade tensions. And in that risk off scenario, the one place you'd expect to feel vulnerable from that is emerging markets. Well, with me to discuss what's been happening in emerging markets is Vika Grunenberg, the head of EM research for Samir and APAC at BNP Paribas. Vika, Let's just look at where emerging markets were at the start of the year. What was market sentiment about emerging markets in general?
1: Emerging market sentiment at the beginning of the year was positive. Last year, we had a spectacular performance in emerging markets. Mm. Equities were up in EM over 30% in dollar terms, Bond performance was also very solid in local terms, around 9%. Currencies were up 6%. And all of that strong performance was happening because of the global growth backdrop which was very solid and that was particularly helpful for sentiment in emerging markets so as we came into this year the expectation was that em would be doing again reasonably well this year and because global growth was expected to be still solid
0: and the the one thing that em really loves is a weak dollar and by goodness we had a weak dollar in january didn't we
1: yes
0: so um that's uh, that's where we came into the year but but Now we're having some uh, risk-off attention. Um, Has that sentiment towards emerging markets held? We've had the equity sell-offs in uh, February. We're getting a bit of tech tensions at the moment, and now we're getting trade tensions as well. So are investors feeling a little bit nervous about emerging markets?
1: Investors have become more nervous about uh, emerging markets, and particularly in the last few weeks, because the trade tensions between the US and China have been very much in the limelight. Mm -hmm. But all in all, emerging markets have still done very well. And that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So since the beginning of the year, equity markets are again up. Currencies are again stronger. Bond markets have also appreciated Mm -hmm. because on the whole, the growth outlook has still been supportive. But in the last few weeks, you're very right. Investors have become more nervous.
0: Okay, so it's a fluid situation. Investors need to think of the possible scenarios. So what if we're entering into more of the worst case scenario particularly when it comes to trade tensions uh where is the particular vulnerability in emerging markets going to going to be seen if we i'm not i don't want to call it an all-out trade war but if things continue to get into this kind of cycle of reprisals titford hat uh, tariffs where where should invest where should investors worry in emerging markets mm.
1: Well, my base case, and I think the base case of most investors, is that we won't be heading to an all-out trade Mm -hmm. war. We have indeed seen uh, a lot of uh, noises in the US and China with retaliatory tit-for-tat actions. But so far, um, the measures, uh, there's still scope for negotiations. And we feel that these are tensions, but won't lead into an all-out trade war. However... If we were to see a trade war, some countries are going to be more affected than others.' And uh, I would assume in that environment that Asian currencies and Asian equity markets would be in particular affected, because most of the tension of the US is directed towards China. So those countries that are closely trading with China, and particularly those countries that have very large equity markets that dominate uh, their local sentiment and the strength of their currencies are going to be most impacted. So Korea and Taiwan, I would point out as the obvious two. But there are course, also others. Because if you have really a global trade war, which again, we don't see as our mm. base case, but if we were to have that, it would shave off global economic growth. In fact, we did some calculations where we found that a 10% increase in global tariffs would knock off about 2.5% from global right. growth. And that would be particularly problematic, of course, also for the EM countries that export commodities. Yes. And there are quite a few of those.
0: Okay. All right. Um, but as you say, it's not your base case. And, and actually one currency we ought to look at when when looking at um, these trade tensions is actually the remnambi. And the extent to which um, the China has allowed the renminbi to appreciate in these circumstances. Um, are you surprised by that?
1: It's very interesting that the Chinese have indeed allowed their currency to appreciate in the last few weeks. And the renminbi is now stronger than it's been for Over the past two years, Um, we've seen the currency, in fact, appreciate by 10% since the beginning of 2017, and that appreciation has continued. So I think what the Chinese are indicating at this point in time to the U.S. policymakers, that they're willing to negotiate, that they're willing to see their currency appreciate, thereby making the U.S. dollar a bit cheaper, and hence, in that way, uh, somewhat help to lower that very, very large trade gap between the two countries.
0: Okay. Um, putting the trade issues aside, um, I, I, I want to hear your EM scorecard. I want to hear who's outperforming, who's underperforming. What, let's start with the outperformance first. W- w- where are you impressed in the EM space? Well, the EM space um,
1: that is doing. Particularly particularly well is central europe Mm. so central european countries are growing exceptionally strongly the czech republic for example had gdp numbers out for the end of last year which was over five percent whenever western european growth does well central european growth does even better it's a sort of turbocharged Mm. area of europe so um that would be uh, a key area that i would point to there are also some countries but not many countries in emerging markets where you still see a reform effort taking place yes and i would highlight in this regard india and also some of the smaller countries such as egypt
0: right so those are the out performers? The underperformers?
1: Of course, there are also underperformers in EM space. And in the last few months, even though I mentioned that EM has done well, there have been some countries where performance has actually not been so good. Mm -hmm. The two really that stand out are Argentina and Turkey. And with regard to Turkey, um, we can really see some of the fundamentals there deteriorating. And in my view, Turkey is the weakest link in EM space. The current account, for example, Is now over six percent of GDP, and that makes it very vulnerable to um, uh, the health of global portfolio flows and global trade flows, because that 6% of GDP needs to be financed. And most of that finance is coming from portfolio flows and short term banking flows. Okay.
0: And and of course, about Turkey, whenever we talk about Turkey, we talk about political risk and the extent to which there is from the top interference in the central bank. I want to talk in more general terms about political risk. Again, with EM, it's always top of mind. So what is 20 2018 going to give us in terms of the the political risk impact in EM. I mean, we've had uh, a huge turnaround in South Africa, um, and we have uh, elections coming up in uh, in South America. So, give us a, an overview about how significant these these events are going to be.
1: Yes, in emerging market, politics does matter. Yeah. And in some countries, we see elections and a little change in the leadership. In other countries, we do see change in leadership and also change in policies. And you mentioned South Africa, mm. um, very, very interesting case where we had a change in the president and immediately a change in policies, better fiscal policies, and it looks like also better management of the economy and the, the state-owned enterprises in particular. There are others coming up. Mm. So from an investor perspective, probably the most important are Mexico and Brazil.
0: Okay. And just on South Africa, I mean, people want want to believe I think South Africa is is turning the corner. It's going to take an awful long time still though, isn't it? I mean, Ramaphosa uh, has a lot, a a huge uh, um, in basket. I mean, do um do, At the moment, it feels like investors are giving him the benefit of the doubt, and there might be quite an extended honeymoon period for him as far as investors are concerned. Is that right?
1: Yes, I think the honeymoon period uh, is going to last. I think he's making the right noises. I think he's putting in place the right people. Um, and I would think that that honeymoon will last into next year. Mm-hmm. There are going to be elections uh, next year. I believe that the ANC will be doing better than they did in the last election, and that will allow the new leader Ramaphosa to make further changes. For example, in the cabinet, so far he only focused on changing the heads of the key ministries, yes. uh, but he will make much, many more changes, I believe, once he's got a broader and wider mandate, and that will be coming from the elections. That Thanks,
0: uh, just finally, Vicky, we, we we started by talking about the start of the year and the uh, the extent to which EM was was supported by a or, or or helped by a weak dollar. Looking at the rest of the year, looking where we are now and the rest of the year, the scenarios whereby we might see the dollar uh, appreciate uh, look like there we're running out of them. I mean, it feels like only a. A, a kind of a, an all-out trade war is going to lead to a strong dollar to what extent do you think that em investors can actually relax about uh the dollar notwithstanding what might happen on the trade front and actually assume that the dollar is going to continue to at at at, at worst probably stay on, on par with where it is now
1: that is certainly our view. I mean, in the case of our baseline scenario, which is one of trade tensions rather than all out trade war, we expect to see the dollar to weaken. That would be part of the whole point, of course, of uh, imposing tariffs, right? It is all to help um, the US economy become more competitive and try to shrink that very, very large US trade gap. So, in that kind of environment, there is still some upside. We believe for EM currencies, although again, I must stress it's less than last year because last year, the beginning of last year, a lot of EM currencies were looking cheap. Whilst now, uh, many EM currencies are uh, not as cheap, and perhaps some of them are even on the
0: expensive side. It's very calm out there in the markets, isn't it? Do you agree?
1: Well, investors are nervous, and they are looking at the uh, trade issues in a lot of detail. So I do expect to see continued periods of uh, sort of nervous tension.
0: Okay, my thanks to Vicky Grunenberg of BNP Paribas. Next week, we will look at how the markets have responded to Friday's US payrolls data. Until then, please keep following markets on ft.com forward slash markets. And until next week, it's goodbye.